0: now i want to share with you this morning i'm going to just take a minute i know you know god i i feel like god has uh i feel like god has done a great deal but i feel compelled today i feel constrained today let me put it that way to share this because i began i began sharing about mission and mandate and mission last week and used a little silly illustration of MMs. um but because that just helps things stick in people's minds, you know, when you you connect a picture with something. And um that's why we love YouTube videos where people get hurt. You don't you see it coming. You go, "What's this idiot doing?" Don't they know? Oh. And and I can't watch that and then you watch it again. Right? I, I some of it's just like can 't believe how stupid people are, and uh fortunately i've never been the subject of a YouTube video yet, but my day's coming probably, so keep your cameras ready your phone's ready but anyway um, I, and we we've been talking about this uh, the mission and the and the mandate and so on and um, I, I want to get to the part like last week I only got through half of this this kind of is my Method of operation it seems like I put together you know and get in in the flow, but i you know I, I guess I over prepare is, is how it works because I never have got through a whole never seems like i 've ever got through all of it anyway but but it 's all right so uh, if you'll i don 't have the clicker still have we ever found the clicker anyway if you 'll just roll through these with me real quick um, and I want to give you this of Acts 1, 4, 5, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. And see, the, the mandate is here. It's wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Father. Wait for the promise. The promise being, you know, that John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The promise is the Holy Spirit. What a great promise. Amen. And, and see, we're, because we're, because we're mission-oriented, we always want to get to the mission, but there's no mission without a mandate. And the mandate is to wait for the promise, wait for the Father, wait, for the, wait and, and, and get your life all hooked up with the Holy Spirit. Then the mission was, then you receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. We talked about that being the mission, the, the gospel, the commission which has become, by the way, the great omission. The, the Great Commission has become the great omission of the church because we spend a lot of energy, money, and stuff doing everything but preaching the gospel. Churches spend more money on their buildings than they do on getting people saved. Moving right along. So the mission is a specific task with which a person or a group is charged. You shall be witnesses. The mandate is to officially demand or require something to give someone the power to do something. Wait for the promise. Wait for me. You know, you ever get that picture in your mind? It's like, wait for me. Wait for me. And the, the churches went off a lot of different directions, you know, doing a lot of different things. But the question I have is, have we waited for him? Have we waited for him? Do we have the mandate? Mission is the what? The mandate is the how and the why, quickly. We need to marry the mandate and stop dating the mission. Everybody say amen. amen. I worded that a little different last week. I re, I've been just praying over this, meditating over this, and, 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 and I rewrote this line because I believe this is the, this is, God's given me clear, clarity in this. We need to marry the mandate. What that means is we need to get attached to God. Because how many of you know you can do the mission without God? You can go off on your own and do a lot of stuff. And then one day you look around and go, hey, where's God? Oh, you left him a long time ago. That's what, that's what happens if you don't marry the mandate. If you don't marry God, you don't marry him and his purpose, it's possible to get so wrapped up in what you do, you forget the who. And I see a lot of believers like that. They're all they're all about the they're all about the do and they don't have a clue about the who. That sounds like a good Dr. Seuss book right there. <laughs> Dr. Seuss and the Gospel. You know, I, once I preached a nursery rhyme. No, i honest to goodness. I mean i you know, when you preach I used to preach like six, seven times a week. Wow. You get desperate. Yeah, but this is one of the greatest nursery rhyme messages you've ever heard in your life. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. I should break that out and preach that. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. But the king could. Preach, Brother Mike. All right, here we go. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. So that, that mandate is, is a love mandate. It's something that grips your heart in love. It's something that God wants to create in you out of a love mandate, that, that you love God. You know, here's the thing. Because I love God, I'm getting jealous or anything that would take his place in my life. So I'm guarding my heart in ways that I never have before, as I've went after God. Do you know there's certain things that you just you just deem as unimportant when you when you're chasing God? Because if you're not careful, you'll stop chasing God and you'll start chasing donkeys, <laughs> like Saul. Okay, let's go on. I, I'm just giving you like 14 really good messages. If you're a preacher, you could just write those down. Now, so here, I want to, here's where I wanted to pick up this morning, because I'm going to give you some of these verses, which seem to be, you know, if you have just the notes, you're going to read them and go, yeah, whatever. So as you know, back in July, um, I was sitting right here on a Sunday morning, and God was moving in this place, and I heard the Lord, if you were, some of you were here, I heard the Lord say, it's time to seek me. It's time to go after me, and so I was. Remember, I came up here and I said, "Okay, tomorrow morning, six a.m. the annex," and that's when we launched. That was now that was over five weeks ago. All right, so um, in that, when I got there, the Lord spoke to me uh, on that Monday morning. It was it was just I mean, He just really burned this into my heart to make this a Psalm twenty prayer meeting. And, of course, you sang it this morning. I so appreciate that song and the worship team for learning that song because I've listened to that song. I keep listening to that song. It's how I start my day. And here's Psalm 27.4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that one thing will I seek after. And I realize as a church, you know, as a pastor, as a man, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a believer, I've chased after many things, many good things, but I have, I have lost the essence of the one thing. And so God burned into, my, burned into my heart that I needed to go after one thing. So that's, if you've tuned in any, to, or you've been to any of those prayer meetings, if you've tuned in on Periscope, which we, here's the thing, we've been putting them on Periscope, and some of you wonder, why do they do that? Because that's really, that's crazy. It is crazy. I've never, put a, I've never put a prayer meeting on, like out there like that. Put, but here's the thing, some mornings, We've had as many as 175 people come into that prayer meeting through Periscope. I mean, it's like, so I, you know, it it makes no difference to me because I don't go for the 175, I don't go for the however many show up, I go for one thing. See, I used to get all frustrated with everything we'd have around here because I was doing it and I was doing it, and I, when I got to do to the thing I was doing, my first thing I would look around is how many people showed up. It never really entered my heart whether or not God showed up. I would leave here mad sometimes because only a handful of people showed up. Let me tell you something. When you go to meet God and God shows up, it's really hard to leave mad. I'm like, I'm getting free. Things I used to get all uptight about don't bother me. Ain't, ain't, not today, devil. (laughs) Not today, devil. Do you know that's why preachers have a hard time staying safe? Because, because they get mad. Well if you got if you got if you had to go through some of that stuff you get mad too. Yeah. <laughs> but but so anyway we we started this prayer meeting, you know, and, and and it's been awesome. It's just been so good. You know, it makes my day. It makes my day like it's just a, an awesome thing. I mean, you know, my days are getting so like to the point where before it was just so scattered and so like hit or miss and now it's like everything is like hitting on eight cylinders. You know what I'm saying? And so that's a wonderful thing and I just keep after God, keep after God, keep after God. And I feel like, you know, God was again, I I, I didn't I didn't I didn't do this for I didn't do this to build a big prayer meeting. I did this because I felt like God was calling us to seek him. Amen. So that was been the thrust. And so uh, two weeks ago, you know, when you do this, and, and, and you know, a lot of times, you, you know, I'm, I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning to, to get up, get ready, get here. I usually get here a little early and get set up. And I just like to quiet my own heart because I'm not, you know, I, I just want to make it about him, keep it about him. So I'm, you know, so sleep is, you know, for me, it's like, it's many nights I don't get it. I, you know, I try to get in bed early. So there's a lot of nights, you know, that, 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 that doesn't happen because of things going on and, and, so on and so forth. And and so, I was going, you know, I got in bed about 10:30 that night. And uh, I woke up at about 3:30 in the morning. About uh, it was three something. You know, I'm one of these, I kind of have this prophetic thing. I always look at the clock and I think, God, what are you saying? You know, 333, Jeremiah 33, three, see. anyway. So, you know, I, I just look at stuff like that, I, you know. And <laughs> I know, I know, pray for me. So I wake up out of a, you know, I was sleeping well. I was sleeping soundly. And, but then, I, you know, when you wake up, you just wake up. But I felt like the Lord woke me up. You know how many know there's a difference. You know when the Lord wakes you up, like, you feel like you have a mandate. I'm, so I get out of bed and I'm like, and I get I get my Bible because I, you know I keep a I keep uh, my stuff next to the bed. I keep a pen. I, you know I, I I I just because if I don't write things down. But I felt like I needed to get up, so I get up and I get, and and I and I listen to me. I, and I know this is gonna sound crazy, and I don't know if he does you this way, but he did me this way. And I go, to my, I go to my Bible, and I open it up to Psalm 55, 16, 18. I don't even know how I got there. I don't know how I got there. But I open, because I'm telling you, this is just, so I open it up, and I start reading. and It says, as for me, everybody say, as for me. Yes, I will call upon God. See that's my that's 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 just been my heart and how God has moved my heart and and so I, I'm saying yeah I I can I can connect with that I'm calling upon God God could you like give me two hours I'll be over at that prayer meeting it's I promise I'll be there at six no it says and I went on reading it says and the Lord shall save me evening and morning and at noon. See, at the time, I was wrestling whether or not we were even going to keep this 6 a.m. thing going. Listen to me. This is how, again, this is not how I planned this. So I'm thinking, you know, what do we do and how do we do this? And we'll just open the room and no, no, no. I, I, it's like God's, all, God's talking to me. And he says, Mike, I'm, not, I, I'm looking for More. I'm looking for more. And I read this thing and I'm like, like how much more? And he, he says, read it. And I'm, I'm like, evening, morning, and noon? Now I me and God are kind of like, what? I mean, I'm, I don't know if I can, I've been wondering if I could keep doing this 6 a.m. thing. Cause man, it, it's it's kind of messed, messed. my schedule up. No, it has. It's messed my not because I like to sleep. I don't like to sleep. I'm an early riser, not four a.m. But I'm an early riser. I'm usually in the Y by by six a.m. four days a week. I haven't been to the Y for five weeks. Now I got an excuse. because I can't go in the evenings because every evening's got something in it. And I'm like, Lord, what are you saying to me? And he says, read it. And the Lord shall save me evening, morning, and at noon. I will call upon God evening, morning, and at noon. I will call upon God evening, morning, and at noon. I will pray and cry aloud. This is a good verse for some of you who feel like, you know, we pray too loud around here. We're just obeying the word. You know, frankly, when you're desperate, you cry aloud. So if that, if that, if that bothers you, man, you might want to rethink heaven. Because the way I understand heaven's going to be a loud place. <laughs> well maybe they'll have a quiet corner for some of you Presbyterians I don't know <laughs> y'all go over there with the quiet people all the others are over here having chitch so he says I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice This is, listen to this and he shall hear my voice he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. See, I feel like I've been fighting hell for a long time, and now all of a sudden I feel this strength from God. I feel like I'm not fighting alone. I feel like I'm not warring. I feel like God says, I, I'm hearing your voice, and he's redeeming my soul in peace. I have such peace. The battle's still raging, but I got peace. I've got joy. I have got the love of God shed abroad in my heart. It's awesome. I don't want to retire. I want to go. Come on, Jesus, go. That's not how I was thinking just recently. But anyway, this is so this is what God speaks to me in that morning watch, in that morning. You know, there's something about 3 a.m., man. There's just something about it. As, and and, and God just speaking to me. So go to the next slide. And then I go, again, I don't know how I got here, but I flip over. I'm flipping over, you know, my Bible. I know this is dangerous. I'm not recommending y'all start this because you know the story about that lady that, you know, the lady wanted to hear from God and her preacher said, well, just pray and open the Bible. And she prayed and opened the Bible. And it's opened up and it said and Judas hanged himself. And she bowed her head and prayed again and she opened her bible and it said go thou and do likewise. <laughs> it's a joke, folks. <laughs> Lighten up. Y'all are so stiff. <laughs> but I mean but so I opened this up and I flipped to Isaiah 56. I'm just giving you a 3 a.m encounter I had with God. So bear with me. If you think I'm crazy, then you got a right to your opinion. Also the sons of this is verse 6. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from dwelling everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, sorry, and holds my covenant, holds fast my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain. God's looking for a covenant people, which is all about keeping, the the Sabbath is about entering into his rest, and it's about keeping the covenants that we have with the name, love the name of the Lord, and holds fast my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain. Now listen to this, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. See, this is a promise. This is a prophetic word that God said, my house, I, I'm going to make people joyful in my house of prayer. I mean, I know there's people who get all religious about all this stuff, and there's, you can tell the religious people because there's no joy in it. If you're going to church and not coming out with joy, you're going in the wrong way and coming out the wrong way. <laughs> well, what I need is a new church. No, what you need is a new heart. I mean, honestly, some of you have tried three or four anyway, nuts to work yet. How about a new heart? There you go. <laughs> Y'all know I love you. I wouldn't talk to you if I didn't love you like that. I I, I only talk to people I love like this. Yeah, I mean, people keep trying to think that well, you know, if I get over here, it'll be better. They get over there, and the only problem is, you took you with you. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just get over here, it'd be so much better. Well, the problem is, you're there too. Because where you is is where you are, (laughs) and if you get there and there and there, and you don't get this thing fixed in your heart, you just be in a different place and still miserable. (laughs) So, how about you get open up and say, "God, make me joyful in Your house. They are burnt offerings or sacrifices will be accepted at My altar." For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Does that verse sound familiar to you? You know why that verse sounds familiar? Because Jesus quoted it. Remember when Jesus walked in his temple and he saw him like selling things and buying and doing all kinds of merchandising and everything. And everything was going on. They were taking advantage of poor people. They were scalping them. They were... Come on now. They were they were using people to get there in. And Jesus comes in and he turns the money tables upside down. He drives them out of the temple because he's jealous for God. And Jesus says, You have made God's house a den of thieves, but my house shall be a house of prayer. And I hear in God say, Mike, I want my house to become a house of prayer. And I'm like, wow. What's that mean? said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. That word nations, too, is the word ethnos. We're ethnos. Isn't it interesting how all the racial issues that are going on with Charlottesville and all that would be answered if the church was just a house of prayer for all people? God is not into this. God, if you are a white person and you feel like you're superior to people because of your skin color, you need Jesus. Because God's heart is for all nations. Let me tell you what his church should look like. God's church looks like all nations. And if you're just looking for a white church, there's a nice one right up the street here. Because I want a church for all nations. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts, say, gather the outcasts. That's what God's called us to do. You know, we 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 want to like gather all the. We want to gather people who got it going on. God says, go after the outcasts. That's what I love. I love what I love what the heart of this church going after people who are in Porter County Jail. People who are going after people who are being trafficked out on the streets and Miller and Lake Station and Portage and truck stops and strip clubs, and, and, and we go after Kimbrough and we go after Westville, we go after the outcasts. Many times, these people can't do nothing for us. They, they can't, what are they gonna do for us? That's how, you know, I want, I want these people in my church. Man, they, they could do something for us. God says, go after the outcasts. And I'll tell you, I guarantee you something, church. If we'll, go, if we'll do what God says, God will take care of his house. God will see that everything we need will be supplied. I am not worried about... A resources, if we do the will of God, I guarantee you God will show up with an abundance of resources and I tell you we got and as, as God shows up, I believe what 's going to happen i 'm just going to say this as we become a house of prayer for all people we're gonna, God is going to open up avenues and opportunities for us to open up a dream center to open up houses for people who are coming off drugs for people who are coming out of prison, for people who are coming out of of addictions and coming out of a bad relationships and need protection, God is going to open up places and things for us to minister to the outcasts so we don't have to send them out to Egypt to get help, but we can say, yeah, we got just what you need right in the house. I'm sick of telling people no, we don't have anything for that. so if God's just speaking to me, God's like just talking to me, y'all better pray for me, yeah. yet I will gather to him. Now, listen to what he said. This is how he ended Because you know what I'm thinking as I'm reading this? You know the thoughts I was telling you about? My thoughts got all crazy right here. I said, God, people aren't going to go for this. This is not like normal church. This is not how church is designed and fashioned to go after outcasts. To, to, to just go after God, to go after prayer. I mean, church is all about how we go after, you know, to get people to the building. It's all about how we build nice buildings. Church is all about programs and systems and all that kind of stuff. And if you build the right program and have the right systems, people will come. Why? Because they're comfortable in this place. And see, God spoke to me and said, Micah, I'm not calling a church to build a place for people who can get, come and get comfortable. I'm calling a place for people who come and in the presence of God, they get moved to go do something, to make a difference, that they go, they get they get the burden of the Lord on them and they begin to intercede and stand in the gap and pray and go after things that the world has thrown away, outcasts that the world says, get them out of here. And the church says, no, bring them here because we're going to love them back to life. And I'm having this argument in my head, and I'm like, God, I, 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 people, are people going to really do that? Are people going to really gather around that? And that's what he tells. He says, Mike, you do that, and I will gather people around you. Because I got to be honest with you, you know, as pastors, you know, we worry about will, will people like this? Will people, will people support this? Many times, you know what that's called? The fear of man. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm jealous for God. <coughs> and what, I'm, what I want to do is attract God. And he says, I will gather those around him, others besides those who are gathered, others. You, you guys, you listen, you guys are awesome. You guys are amazing. This is the most. This it's taken a long time to get here with this group of people. Most of you have come in and weren't here in the beginning. God spoke to me seven years ago, and He said, "Mike, there's a lot of people on this bus that are getting off." I did not like when He said that to me, but He was He was saying, "Get ready. There's a lot of people on this bus that are getting off," and I'm like, "Oh God, why are these people getting off?" And He said, "Because." They got to make room for the ones who are getting on. And here y'all are. No, seriously. I'm like, this is a God thing. This, you're not, I know you're not here because of me. I, I hope you're not here gathered just because it's me. I think you're here because you, you're hearing a mandate from God. You know something? You you may not understand. Listen, I don't understand everything that's going on. I told him the other night, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore because I am way out over my skis. I know how to do the systems and the programs and all of that stuff. Now we're walking by faith, seeking God, waiting to hear from the Holy Spirit, and this is scary. I didn't get trained for this. Isn't that awful? All of a sudden, God shows up, and he messes everything up. So you're saying, Pastor Michael, so what does that mean? Well, go to the next one. This is the story when Jesus entered the temple. I've already told it. Go to the next one. These are all verses that, that God's given me at 3 in the morning. Now, here's, here's Amos 9. Is this the last slide? One more. One more. On that day I will raise up, listen to this, so here I am in Amos 9, and it says, on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. Folks, I don't even, I have never preached on the tabernacle of David. Can I be honest with you? I didn't even know there was a tabernacle of David. I knew there was a Moses tabernacle, I've taught on that many, many, many times, I knew there was Solomon's temple, which David provided all the materials for, but God would not let him build. I didn't even know David had a tabernacle, but you know what the tabernacle of David is? It was a, it was a tent, so essentially, that he erected to put the ark that came from Obedidim until the t- tabernacle would be built to permanently house it. There was no instructions on a tabernacle for David. You know how David built this tabernacle? By going after God with all his heart. This, this is, I, so I'm just being honest with you, the tabernacle to David, which has fallen down. See, you know what we've done, folks? We know how to build churches, but we do not know how to build a habitation for God. The tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages, I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. See, this is us, the Gentiles. And he said, I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to rebuild the tabernacle of David. This is not about ornate buildings. It's not, It's, not. Folks, you and I are the tabernacle, the tent of God. And what God is trying to rebuild is his presence in us. And rebuild a people who will simply go after God. That's the mandate of the Holy Spirit. Go after me. And when the Holy Spirit finds a people who go after him, he will come like a dove and sit on that people. But I'm telling you, you can seek the miracles, you can seek the manifestations, you can seek the move of God and not seek God. Here's what what God showed me this week. I said, God, I I, want to see power and demonstration of your power and your miraculous work in my life. And I felt, I've just heard the Lord say, why do you want that? Is that to validate you? And I realize, I am I seeking God? Am I seeking God, so He will validate me and put power in my ministry for me? Because what you call that then is professional intimacy. And you know what they call someone who gives intimacy as a profession? My people. My people, God told Israel, have went whoring after other gods. Many of us want God's power, but we don't want the God behind it. Because if you get God going, you're going to have to walk it, talk it, live it, and you can't have any hiding places. I'm going to repair its damages. Face it, the church is filled with damaged people. And much of the damage has come right from in the church. Because much of the systems and things that we have built are what's killing people. I have been guilty of hurting people by chasing systems. And I declare to you today, I am not going to use people to fulfill my mission and support my systems. I'm asking God to surround this house with people who have a heart for God and let us go after God together. And whatever that shakes out, however it shakes out, I believe when God's people hear his voice, then I won't have to chase you down. I won't have to be God's policeman. Can I just tell you, all of y'all make a terrible Holy Spirit. No, it's true. You ever, you ever, you've done it. You've tried to be the Holy Spirit to people, haven't you? Can I just tell you, Stop! If they're not listening to him, what makes you think they're going to listen to you? I'm not going to be God's policeman. I'm going to be God's man and stand in the gap and pray and be a house of prayer. And then I'm going to let God speak to you. And God is going to mess you up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And so, let's read it. Prepare its damage, raise its ruins, rebuild it as in the days of old that they may possess the remnant. And all the Gentiles were called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Then the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. In other words, once the church flows into this thing with God, what, this is what's called an acceleration. How many of you know we can't keep going the way we're going? But once this acceleration hits, things that took us years to see happen are going to happen in a moment. Listen to me. People, things that have been prayed into for decades are going to happen now. There's going to be this, suddenly there was a sound from heaven. Hallelujah! One day it was here, Or one day it was not here, and the next day, boom, there it is. Boom, there it is. (laughs) Forgive me. And the mountains shall dip with sweet wine. I think you need to stand for this. Let's all stand. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine. Man, I think you need to raise your hands right now. I think you need to let me speak this over you. City point, God's mandate for us is to be a house of prayer. Listen to me. We're going to we're going to we're going to take this city for God. But we're going to take it on our knees. God is you are God's house of prayer. Not this building. You and I are God's house of prayer. So this is what I want to speak this prophetically over you. This is Amos. This is a very prophetic passage. Man, God's been showing us tremendous truths out of Amos and in our weekly prayer meetings. And here's God woke me up at 3 in the morning. And this is what he said to me. He said, the mountains will drip with sweet wine. And all the hills shall flow with it. And I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel. And they shall build waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them says the Lord your God. See listen to me, everybody look at me. Some of you are right at your breakthrough. And you've been here before, and you got turned away. And it seemed like you were just like like Gideon who treaded out the stuff. And just when he would get ready to bring it in, the Amalekites would come and steal the harvest. And he would be back there in a wine press making wheat, which is crazy. What are you doing in a wine press making wheat? You're working out of your own self. What should you be doing in a wine press? Making joy juice. (laughs) And so many of you have worked and been brought to the edge of your breakthrough only for the enemy to snatch it out of your hand. I'm telling you, I declare to you today, you are coming into the fullness of your harvest. You're going to walk in the things that you have sown into, the things that you have prayed into, your children that you've called home are coming home and they're coming home soon. Not next year, not next decade, they're coming home now. The vineyards that you have planted the gardens that you've sowed into the prayers that you prayed the things gods have prophetically spoken to you you know god's called you you know you remember the times in your youth youthful days with jesus when he was speaking to you on a daily basis and now he says i'm bringing you into that time and you're gonna hear me you're gonna receive from me i'm gonna give you everything i'm gonna let you walk in the land that i've given you listen many people many people have been given this promise of this promised land and are still wandering in the wilderness. And I say to you today, today is your day to cross over. Today is your day to cross over. God has called you to be a house of prayer for all people. In order for you to be a house of prayer, you got to flow in what God's given you. And God says, no longer will you be pulled up, tore up, worked up, You'll be given the land that I've given you," says the Lord, your God. Put your hand on your heart. Say this with me. I'm no longer going to be pulled up. I'm no longer going to be tore up. I'm going to move up. And I am a house of prayer for all people. I am a son or a daughter of God and I am going to drink from his cup and hear from his heart and inhabit the land and dwell in the promise Father seal that word in their hearts right now come on raise your hands and begin to worship him today this is a word this is a word from God for you this is God. You have to grab a hold of it. You have to, by faith, receive it. You have to, by faith, walk into it and say, this is for me. This is my season. This is my promise. This is mine. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.